you'll remember that Dave did the same thing for real estate not too long ago, where he sat down and he said, look, there's a lot more people who need houses today. So therefore, real estate will always carry value. And then he high-fived himself and he checked out. <laughs> but the problem is, not, not all those people are trying to buy. A lot more people today actually want to rent at a higher rate than they ever have before. Not everyone can afford houses. So even though there's more people, it's not like they just suddenly have the cash to be able to go out and afford a house. Hey everybody, my name's AJ and this is The Wealthy Idiot Show. Before we begin, please make sure to smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm. We're just a couple of guys who have figured out how financial stuff works and have put it into practice, and we wanna teach you the same stuff. So we're real excited to spread this information and any like from you would help us out tremendously. So generally, I disagree with Dave Ramsey just a little bit, and I give him a hard time in some of my reaction videos, and I do love myself some Dave Ramsey. I got a hold of Dave Ramsey's uh, information by listening to his radio program originally and then finding him on YouTube. And I used a lot of what he taught in my own life to make sure that I was getting squared away. I think what he's done is created a good framework for people who aren't well-versed in finances to be able to become successful and not have to think too much about it. But I do think that for those of us who are interested in learning about finances and becoming more financially literate, I don't think that that stuff necessarily works. And I think if we were to sit down and actually talk to him about it, I think he would kind of cave a little bit. We even see guys like Ken kind of admitting like, ah, you know, the numbers do kind of work for this and it does kind of make sense, right? But for most people, they probably shouldn't do it. And we totally get that. But today I found a video where Dave was totally wrong. And this is the second time he's been this tremendously wrong. It's a real quick video. We're gonna watch the whole thing and then we'll talk about it and we'll cover all the points. So let's get into it. Hey Dave, help me with this real quick. Um, and I, we don't have very much time. In, in, a, in a minute, help me understand what is happening with the economy. Because it feels like people are still hiring, businesses are still making money, and that I don't fully understand it, but the Fed's trying to crash it. Yeah. They're trying to run it up against the wall and I don't yeah. understand that. Well. Because you're a logical human. Uh, no one's ever said that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, like if, if it feels like they're trying to oh, they, run they, it into they, the, a bridge. And said out loud, they want to cause unemployment. Help me, help me understand even well, the, 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 the rational the concept, line. The concept is, is if we slow the economy down because of unemployment, then the prices will stop going up. It's, squash, it's in an effort to squash inflation. The problem is that's not what caused inflation. Right. A speedy economy isn't what caused inflation. It was horrible domestic policy on oil, mm -hmm. turn the spigot off, the prices go up. No kidding. Okay, so uh, Biden sticker, I did that for sure. Yeah. The other parts of inflation were COVID-related, not COVID-related. They're quarantine. Just the lag. They're quarantine-related. Right. You shut down the factories on cars, there's no cars, so the price of cars goes way up. Mm -hmm. You shut down the factory on producing lumber, there's no lumber, so the price of lumber goes up. Oh, wait, now we started the factories back. So now there's cars again, now there's lumber again. It's starting to smooth out. Lumber's back down. That's what I mean. So if you wait a hot minute. If you wait a hot minute and quit screwing around with it, trying to fix it with the wrong tool, quit using a hammer on a Phillips screw. I mean, really. Mm. And that's the problem, and that's why everybody's so pissed off. Even Bernie Sanders came out and said this is the wrong thing. It's, yeah, well, Me and Bernie Sanders agreed on something. Yeah, I know. I felt my this feet is, getting cold, like, and I was yeah, like, this hell's is, freezing over. This just over. happened. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <It's> like, <laughs> so Dave and Bernie agree about something. Well, I, twice I, in six months we agreed about I'm something. I'm not near as smart economically, but 
I remember at, at the start of deer season last year, the shelves in the yeah. ammo department and at Academy was wiped out. Yep. And then I went there the other day, and they are full top to bottom. And I, my first thought was, the factories must be catching up. Yep. And then I thought, well, what? Maybe I'm missing something. But why are they trying to drive this thing in well, the ditch? There's two things that cause cause prices to go through the roof. Okay, two potential things that we're discussing here anyway. One type of inflation is what we had in the 70s, and it was just a white-hot economy. Mm-hmm. Everything kept going up, and everybody got away with it, and so it went up again, then it went up again, then it went up again, and it was just prosperity heaped on top of prosperity, mix in a little greed, and boom. Okay, and that's, there was a monetary policy in those days, in the late 70s, early 80s, very similar to this. George Volcker was head of the Fed back then, and um, I was actually an adult and remember this, but, you know, and so they did the same thing. They just jacked rates up to freeze to slow down the economy. But that that inflation in the 70s was a different kind of inflation. Gotcha. This inflation was was domestic oil production related and quarantine supply demand curve related. Gotcha. And if they if they leave it alone, they're going to mess it up further. What That's what it do. feels like when I keep opening they're, the grill they're to screwing see if, it up further. if my brisket's Yeah, the more I open the grill, the more I screw it up. Exactly. If I just leave it alone. Exactly. Then. If you just let it cook. Man, let it cook. It'll it'll turn out. What was that even? I don't even know what that was. All right. So at the end there, that was a whole bunch of gibberish. The 70s was inflation was different because it was prosperity heaped on prosperity. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. And that's not what inflation is. Inflation isn't prosperity on prosperity. That's not how that works, right? In real life, when things are created and improved upon, a deflation takes place. You could see that with televisions. I probably bought this guy for like a couple hundred bucks. This thing would have been, what, thousands of dollars like 10 plus years ago, right? It was like $200. That was it. So normal things have a deflationary cycle. And then everything else has a slow inflationary cycle, mostly because we're trying to devalue debt. And I wouldn't maybe like, I mean, I would expect Dave Ramsey to understand this part, but I don't like maybe he's been out of the game so long. He doesn't have this concept. The idea is that if wealthy people take out debt at like a 1% and the inflation rate is at an average of 3%, which is basically what it is, then they're basically getting money for free. They put, you know, their money into assets that produce just, you know, inflation, inflationary assets could be businesses, properties, whatever. And as long as it produces a higher amount than the, uh, the interest rate that they're paying on that loan, they're happy. So they like inflation. Our government loves inflation. So they're going to print money to make sure inflation keeps happening because it's devaluing the national debt. So it means they get to print money in order to cover for the fact that they're spending too much money. And this isn't a crazy concept. I mean, this is basically how Venezuela just went down the toilet. So this is a normal concept. I don't understand why Dave Ramsey doesn't get this. But if you stick around, you're going to be an expert on this topic. So let's get into it. I've covered this stuff in a previous video and I'll link to it above on one of these sides. And I talked about why the government is arguing for not raising the interest rate. And I've also argued, you know, what would happen if we raised the interest rate too quickly. And at the end of the day, I do believe we're heading towards a recession, whether we like it or not. Something bad is coming because we kind of forced the economy into that position and we pushed the issues down the road by printing a bunch of money. And at some point, the hens are going to come home to roost. And what the Fed is trying to say is that, look, we're on 
we're, we're kind of on a balancing beam right now. On one side, we have an inflationary recession, and on the other side, we have a deflationary recession, and maybe we can walk this tightrope enough so that not everybody is hurt, but just some people are hurt, and they're real apologetic about that, like, look, we don't want to have to hurt anybody, and people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are freaking out because they would rather you be feeling like stuff is working out in your favor, even though we're pushing more and more people into the poorhouse. Politically, that just works best for them. I don't know where Dave is getting this stuff. So let's talk about inflation. And I'll kind of explain what's uh, and I'll kind of explain what's occurring right now. So inflation can best be described as too much money chasing too few goods. So Dave got it half right. Part of the pandemic was that we restricted the supply chain everywhere across the globe. This just wasn't a local United States issue. Everywhere restricted their economy and reduced the amount of production. Well, you can't reduce the amount of items without expecting some sort of price increase. With, with the rules of supply and demand, if you have too much demand for not enough goods, the price of the goods are going to start to go up, right? So we saw that during the pandemic, and as the restrictions occurred, that hurt. Now, after the pandemic, we saw issues with the supply chain in terms of other countries not producing things that we're usually dependent on, or we couldn't get the items into the docks. So we had a bunch of ships sitting out in the bays, not being able to dock and get it off the boats because the dock workers weren't working, you know, all around the clock. They have very strict schedules as far as what their union will allow. So we had issues with that. So all this, you know, including oil and everything. And then we had Russia and Ukraine. And obviously that restricted oil because we get a lot of oil from Russia. We restricted all the oil that we produce here in America because I guess getting oil overseas is more green than getting it from our own country. Not quite sure how that works. But this caused price inflation to go up. And when gas goes up, like Dave pointed out, everything goes up. So even though the supply chain is restricted, on top of that, you have problems with just being able to ship items from one place to another because fuel's so expensive, everything is going to increase in price. The other half of that is that we printed off epic amounts of money. This is the second half of what I was talking about. Dave covered the first. The second half is too many dollars, right? So too many dollars chasing too few goods. We printed off a crazy amount of money. Check out this chart. You notice how the amount of money in circulation is slowly climbing until about the beginning of 2020. And then pew, we just printed off bucket tons of money in order to try and pay people, keep businesses afloat while closing down our economy. So we're creating crazy amounts of dollars. To top that off, here's a second chart. This is the interest rate for loans. So we've talked on this channel before about how businesses want to take out loans with almost no interest, and they're going to put it into investments and try to get as much money as they possibly can. This is used by businesses, wealthy people, the government. I mean, everybody is essentially doing this method of producing wealth and we teach it in terms of real estate. And that's how kind of the regular person could do it. But also that's how all the elites are doing it as well. Well, when lending out bucket tons of money like this at a really low interest rate, you're actually increasing the amount of supply of cash that's circulating through the system because of something called fractional reserve banking. This isn't a fractional reserve banking episode. Maybe I'll cover that at some point in the future, but I'll give you an, a brief idea of what that looks like. Bank A has $100. I'm buying a property. So I'm going to go to Bank A and say, hey, look, Bank A, I'm going to borrow $100 from you to buy a property. So I go out and I borrow $100 and I buy a property, right? When I buy that property, that money goes into a bank. So Bank A has that money listed as a loan. They gave it to me. I put it in another bank. Bank B is like, oh, look, this new $100. It could be lent out. 
So someone else shows up and says, hey, I need $100 for a house. They hand over that $100 as a loan. So now that same $100 is loaned out two times. That can go into perpetuity. Before the pandemic occurred, banks had to keep at least 10% of their cash on hand, which meant they could only lend out 90%. When the pandemic hit, they increased that to 100%. So fractional reserve banking was at 100%, making a lot more cash available to people at a very cheap rate. We just showed the interest rates a second ago. So because of all the cash just floating around the system, we're creating a system which has a lot of demand because there's more money. So businesses are buying more stuff. They're investing into more things. People are buying houses. Like we saw a lot of that, a lot of real estate purchases during the pandemic causing houses to inflate in prices. And in return, the supply chain took a hit. So we saw the supply chain issues during the pandemic. So ultimately, what is it that we're worried about happening? If everybody's income is increasing and everybody's prices are increasing and they kind of balance each other out, what's the big deal? Well, in the long run, if that happens over an extreme amount of time, there's not that big of an impact because everybody kind of normalizes that in their brain. So this is why the Federal Reserve tries to maintain a 2 to 3% inflation rate per year on average. So you'll notice that, you know, you might go to the store and you expect your soda to be $2. Well, that's pretty normal for you because you've been paying $2 for that soda for a while. But just 10 years ago, maybe 15, 20 years ago, that same soda was probably a dollar. So the slow inflation caused you to normalize it, and that normalization allows people to adjust. So as you're taking in money, you're able to save money, you're expecting that the money you're saving for six months isn't going to lose an extreme amount of value during that time, so you're willing to go out and spend it, and everything is kind of normalized in your head. Well, what happens when this happens much, much faster like it is right now, and we're seeing inflation spike up a yearly average above 9%, and as we've talked about before, it might actually be much higher than that as the CPA or as the CPI is kind of generated to make things look a little better than they are. And if that occurs, what you end up with is a price wage spiral. So the prices go up, so people demand higher wages. And as long as the economy is at least supportive enough for those higher wages, because the prices are... Um, producing enough profit, then those wages will go up in order to compensate. And then because now more people have more money, the wages will go up. And this isn't a problem that goes into perpetuity. This wage uh, price spiral will eventually cause a collapse and the economy will dive into a depression. But it could be solved by continuing to print money. So if we keep printing money, then we keep pushing the problem further and further into the future. Kind of like what we did during the pandemic. As long as there's cash available, we can keep this price wage spiral going into perpetuity. The dilemma with that is that you end up with a situation where people are spending a million dollars to buy a piece of bread and nobody really trusts the dollar anymore in order to save it in their bank account for any amount of time. So that's going to crash the dollar. It's going to crash our whole economic system. That's not the way we want to go. So Dave is sitting here saying like, yeah, yeah, keep that going. Keep that train going. It's all good. Just keep inflating stuff. We'll be totally fine and um, nothing bad will happen. And at some point when the whole economy comes to a screeching halt, he's going to be sitting there saying, oops, I got that wrong. If you've been paying to this channel for a while, you'll remember that Dave did the same thing for real estate not too long ago, where he sat down and he said, look, there's a lot more people who need houses today. So therefore, real estate will always carry value. And then he high-fived himself and he checked out. <laughs> but the problem is not, not all those people are trying to buy. A lot more people today actually want to rent at a higher rate than they ever have before. Not everyone can afford houses. So even though there's more people, it's not like they just suddenly have the cash to be able to go out and afford a house. 
And so we end up creating a smaller amount of demand, even though there's more people. And that seems like a real basic economic principle. And I pointed this out and I was like, look, I don't know what he's talking about here. Interest rates are going to keep going up. And when that occurs, people are not going to be able to afford houses, whether they are needing one or not, they'll have to rent something. And then the houses will start to drop. And we saw that almost immediately. We saw that take place and it's still going down as interest rates continue to go up. And so he's been on his channel recently trying to say like, well, I meant for the long term, like long term housing will always, you know, increase and not to worry about the short term. And I'm like, ah, okay, fine. But this is the exact same problem he did before where he's looking at really small sets of information and then making a prediction about the overall product, the overall economy in this case, without any more knowledge than his basic, like in the seventies, it was about prosperity. And now it was just about, you know, I don't know, government stuff and they'd reduce the supply chain, which is halfway true, but he ignores the fact that we printed off bucket tons of money. So at the end of the day, what we're trying to accomplish, and this is for Dave, if you're listening, man, be happy to you know come on your show and try to explain this stuff. I'll bring all the data with me. We could talk it out. But at the end of the day, when the Fed is sitting in a position where we either hit a wage price spiral and drive the economy into a wall, or we just close everything down and restrict everything to nothing and cause the economy to drive off a cliff, they're left with trying to decide what will cause the least amount of damage to the least amount of people. And so they're slowly trying to raise rates to get inflation under control before too many people are hurt. And that's where they're sitting. And to be honest, that's probably the only right thing the Federal Reserve has done in a long time, which is why I'm fighting for it so hard. The price of money should be dictated by what the market is capable of handling. And we've made the price of money too low for too long, causing issues. And then finally, here we are in a situation where we're paying the price for it. We have to pay the price for it at some point. So the recession is coming, whether Dave likes it or not. And hopefully the Fed can get us to a position where it doesn't damage too much of us. So I'm sorry for this negative message. I was just real surprised to hear Dave Ramsey talk about this. I thought that was a crazy thing that, that he was just like, yeah, let's push more people into poverty and, and cause a wage price spiral. I didn't expect him to say that. So I had to come in here and let you guys know. And if you made it this far, consider throwing a like down there. I appreciate it. Check out wealthiest.com for as much information as you can. And I'll see you guys next time.